Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is the 14th of September, the 258th day of this leap year of 2020, affording us 108 days until 2021. Toward the end of last week, the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases worldwide was over 28.3 million, amounting to an increase again of over 1.9 million since the week before. The number of confirmed cases in the United States near the end of this past week was over 6.4 million, an increase of over 200,000 cases since the week before. India surged past Brazil this past week, India's 4.6 million confirmed cases bringing it into second place worldwide, with Brazil's 4.3 million confirmed cases dropping it into third place worldwide. Russia remains in fourth place, having approximately 1.1 million confirmed cases, followed somewhat distantly by Peru in fifth place at approximately 711,000 confirmed cases. Colombia remains in sixth place, having nearly 695,000 confirmed cases. South Africa and Mexico swapped places this past week, with Mexico currently in seventh place at approximately 653,000 confirmed cases. The number of deaths from COVID-19 globally by this past Friday was nearing 911,000, an eerie coincidence on the 19th anniversary of 9-11. Deaths globally this past week were up over 41,000 from the previous week. This past Friday, confirmed COVID-19 deaths in the United States totaled almost 192,000, an increase of at least 5,000 deaths from the previous week. In other words, nationwide, COVID-19 this past week has been killing, on average, at least 714 United States citizens per day. We remain the number one hotspot for coronavirus deaths on the planet, with Brazil again in second place, having nearly 130,000 deaths. India again is in third place, having nearly 77,000 deaths, and Mexico in fourth place, with close to 70,000 deaths. Heavenward, during mid-September, Mars with a reddish tint ascends in the eastern sky mid-evening. In other words, midway between our local sundown and local midnight. This morning before dawn, our moon and Venus were five degrees apart. Tonight, in the northeast sky after sunset, look for Cassiopeia the Queen, which has the distinctive shape of an M, or a W, depending upon the time of night we are viewing this constellation that is also known as Cassiopeia's Chair, made of the stars Calf, Shudder, Gamma Cassiopeia, Rukba, and Sagan, spelled S-E-G-I-N. Figuring in mythology as the Queen of Ethiopia and the mother of Andromeda, Cassiopeia's boasting of her and her daughter's beauty brought the wrath of sea god Poseidon upon Ethiopia. Today in 1939, the world's first practical helicopter, the VS-300, designed by Igor Sikorsky, took flight in Stratford, Connecticut. More than a few aviators in Maine have been involved to some extent with Sikorsky, whose son Igor Jr. maintains a set of hunting camps in northern Maine. I'm also reminded of my friend Mark Averill, longtime pilot, A&P, and IA for Old Town Sewell Company. 
Mark was a rotorcraft pilot early on, as his father, Albert Averill, had been involved with helicopters since the late 1940s, becoming a test pilot, doing aerial survey work in South America, and operating his own aviation business in northern Maine. Along the way, establishing a helicopter world distance record in 1961 that still stands. Today, in 1956, IBM introduced the RAMAC 305, which stood for Random Access Method of Accounting and Control and was the first commercial computer with a hard drive that used magnetic disk storage. Predecessors to RAMAC were ENIAC, the Electronic Numerical Integration and Calculator, in 1945, EDSAC, the Electronic Delay Storage Automatic Calculator, in 1949, and EDVAC, the Electronic Discrete Variable Automatic Calculator in 1951. Size-wise, these early mainframe computers were all really big, in some cases multi-ton units. Today, in 1883, in Corning, New York, birth control campaigner Margaret Sanger was born to an Irish and devout Catholic mother and a free-thinking socialist father, who together produced 11 surviving children, though Margaret's mother had also had seven miscarriages, making an altogether incredible count of having been pregnant 18 times. Finally, tuberculosis proved too much for Margaret's mother, who died when Margaret was 16. Thereafter, Margaret became a maternity nurse, an occupation that provided a series of experiences that outraged her, eventually prompting her to become involved in the birth control movement and successfully campaigned to legalize contraceptives, set up birth control clinics, and help develop the birth control pill. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us Margaret Sanger was also an advocate of free love, a cause she personally furthered by running through a long list of lovers. She advised her granddaughter, kissing, petting, and even intercourse are all right, as long as they are sincere. One wonders what Margaret Sanger might have had to say about the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic, figuring she was a late 30-something when the 1918-1919 Spanish flu epidemic was ravaging the planet. This past week, as the face-to-face students in one of my classes were arriving and exchanging anecdotes from the long Labor Day weekend, and we hadn't yet tuned in the Zoom audience of those students making up the remote part of our hybrid arrangement, a student who is also a live-in freshman residential advisor in one of the campus dorms was regaling us with her latest frustrations of coping with Corona-Geddon's scofflaws. Apparently, the university administration has handed down a semblance of protocol to residential advisors that seems somewhat reminiscent of a don't-ask, don't-tell approach, perhaps updated so gender is not an issue. The residential advisor in our class said she frequently hears voices in various dormitory rooms that she shouldn't be hearing because only residents of the same dorm are allowed to be in any rooms of that dorm as residents from other dorms are not allowed to be in the rooms of dormitories other than their own. Her dilemma, however, is that if she cannot physically see someone from another dorm, she cannot engage in any enforcement, and she cannot forcibly enter a dorm room to ascertain who is within. We agreed unanimously that it sounded like a don't-see, don't-say policy is being promulgated by the administration. 
and that things will probably adjust themselves relative to whatever uptick in COVID cases on campus may occur. Today is also the birthday of Clayton Moore in 1914, of Kate Millett in 1934, and of Joey Heatherton in 1944. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the 13th and final official week of summer 2020. The autumnal equinox is a week away.